Today we are kicking off a, uh, not a series, but a, a single message called Hospital of Hope. Hospital of Hope. And uh, if you got your notes, you can go ahead and, uh, and turn there. We'll, we'll, we'll take some, uh, we'll fill in some blanks in, in just a minute. But uh, before I get there, let's pray. Let's just invite God yet again one more time in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. Come have your way tonight. God, we're here. Uh, I pray that you would open up our ears, our hearts to receive all that you have for us. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in this house, God. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do this weekend as we launch our three services. Fill this church, God, with broken people that need you. God, we love you today. God, please let the Raging Cajuns and the LSU Tigers win this weekend. In Jesus' name, everybody said, I don't pray for the saints. I don't pray for the saints. Um, because they're saints, they don't need prayer. They already, they're good. They're covered. They're covered. Hey, anybody in here um, ever broken a bone in your life? Have you broken a bone? Any, any bone, bone breakers? Okay, yeah, all right. I, I, I've, I've actually broken three bones in my life at three different stages. The uh, first bone I broke was my nose. I broke my nose playing baseball. Took an took a infield ground hop to the nose. Um, uh, the next one was a basketball injury. Came down on somebody's foot and snapped my ankle. Um, that one wasn't fun at all, but the best of them all was actually one that just happened as of recently within the last couple of years, and many people may or may not know this story, um, but I broke something that you don't want to break, and for all those who know, they're already laughing because they know how this plays out, so let me give you the backstory before I tell you what I broke. Um, so I, we had a, a storm come through our, uh, our city and, uh, and knocked down a massively huge branch in my backyard. I mean, this thing was probably 25 feet long. I mean, it's, it was huge. The problem was, though, it had, it had come off of, it hadn't detached from the tree, just fell from the tree, still attached to the tree, but was just on the ground hanging. So I'd left it there for months, mowed around it, just kind of left it there. And, yeah, you already see where this is going already. <laughs> So after months and months of it just kind of sitting there and Lindsay asking, you know, what are you going to do with that branch? Eventually I'll take it down. Don't worry. So, uh, so one day I decided, okay, it's time to mow my grass. And, and the part by where the grass was the longest was around this tree branch. So I decided that I was going to pick up the tree branch and move it over so that way I could, I could mow where the grass was long. So so let me demonstrate how I did this. So I decided instead of just kind of picking it up and moving it, I decided to straddle it. I picked it up, and as soon as I went to pick it up and move it, it detached from the top of the tree, fell down, and you can tell already where it went. So as soon as it hit the thing, it was like a seesaw, and it went. Yeah, exactly. Needless to say, needless to say, I had headphones. They blew out my ear. I'm laying on the ground. Uh, I can't feel my bottom. I can't feel anything. And I try to stand up, but I can't. I honestly thought I was paralyzed. So I army crawl. This is no lie. Lindsay can vouch for this. I army crawl in my backyard to my back window, back my back sliding door. I bang on it. Lindsay comes, and she's like, oh! And she says, you fell off the roof? I said, no, where did you get this? I wasn't even on the roof. I was mowing the grass. And so I army crawl into the kitchen. She says, are you okay? And I was like, just get me ice. Just get me ice. And so she puts ice on my bottom. And within five minutes, I'm in such excruciating pain. I said, we've got to get to a hospital. So I tried to get stand up. Yet again, I can't stand up. And here I am. 
So I get to the hospital, and uh, I come to find out that I broke my butt. There's another name for it, but it just doesn't sound right, so I did it. And, and I want to show you all, this is, the, this is the tree limb. Look, this is it right here. So y'all see this little bend right here? Yeah, not pleasant. That wasn't good. So needless to say, for the next, how many of you know, you don't realize how much you use your butt until it's broke? <laughs> I'm telling you. I had to get one of those like hemorrhoid pillows and all that stuff. It was bad. It was a bad, it was a bad situation. It was really bad. I was thankful for the doctor, but unfortunately the doctor came in and he said, I can't do anything for you. I'm like, sorry, are you serious? He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we did the x-ray and everything, but I had a broke butt and my butt just had to heal. And, um, so needless to say, I was thankful for the doctor and thanks for the hospital. They got me in, but um, they just gave me pain meds. Um, and, and much like, you know, you look around in our world today and you see broken people, you see broken situations, and we have broken bones and all that, and much like we have hospitals that fix broken people, God has designed a place to fix broken people that are broken spiritually, and that is called the church. Amen. Come on, how many thankful for the church? Come on. And so I'm thankful for the hospital that tried to fix my broken butt but couldn't. Um, but I'm thankful for the church because that's what the church does. And so I wanted to show you um, a scripture. It's in 1 Peter, if you want to turn there, 1 Peter chapter 4. Because when you look around the world, how many know you see a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness? Anybody in here? There's a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness. And so we go, okay, well, how does the pain and the brokenness get fixed? How do we get fixed? And, and oftentimes we, we kind of pray to God, God, why don't you fix this? And you know what God's solution honestly is? He says, I sent you. You're the answer. We are the answer. The local church, Pastor Bubba said this, the local church is the hope of the world. We have the answer, and I believe the answer is within us. As the church, and we've kind of been in this series, I Love My Church, talking about the power of the church, so I thought I'd kind of continue on this vein of what the church's function is. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 says, show, everybody say this word with me, hospitality. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, all right? Without grumbling, be hospitable to people. And as each has received a gift, you and I have a gift, we'll get to that in a minute, use it to what? Serve. To serve, serve what? Not yourself, to serve one another. As good, what? What's that word? Stewards of God's varied grace. So hospitality, that each one of us has received a gift, we need to use that gift to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied gifts. So you and I have been given gifts, all of us have been given gifts, God bestows gifts upon us, and uh, part of what we do in Next Step, by the way, is help you discover your spiritual gifts, discover what your, your uh, talents and, and your skill sets are, so that once you know what they are, then you can serve other people with it, and you can be a good steward. A steward, by the way, is someone who has been given something, entrusted to something, that at one point is going to have to give account for what they were given. So God says that you need to be a good, everything that I give you, there's gifts that I give you, there's things that I give you. The Bible even says that people are gifts. How many of you know there's people in your life that are gifts? Anybody got some people in your life that are gifts to you? That God has called you and I to steward those gifts. And here's why, here's why we steward those gifts and it all comes back so that we can be people that show hospitality. Now this word hospitality is, comes from the word, this is where we get the word hospital. It's where you get the word hospital. Showing hospitality is where we get the word hospital. And we want to be a hospital of hope. 
So today, in just kind of our short time together, I want to talk about how the church and the hospital are much alike. How is the church like a hospital? All right, so now you're going to take some notes. You ready? Here we go. So number one, hospitals exist for sick people. Hospitals exist for sick people. You don't go into a hospital and see all these people <coughs> coughing and go like, what are y'all doing here? You don't do that. You understand that, that the sole purpose of that hospital being there was for people that are broken and hurting and sick. And much like the church exists for sick people, hurting and broken people. And I love the fact that you can come in here with all of your gashes and wounds and, and kind of have these spiritual encounters where God begins to heal sick things. I love what Timothy Keller says. Timothy Keller says, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. Amen. Come on, that's a good one, huh? Church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And, um, but here's, here's the problem is we, we, I think we understand that, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We talked about this last weekend. We talked about how God's got a, every one matters and, and there are people that are sick and that are hurting, that are broken. And, and we understand that. But if you've been in church for any duration of time, the tendency can be over time, you begin to think that you're no longer sick and everybody else is. And so you begin to think that you're the non-sick one and they're the sick one. And, 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 and what ends up happening is we can kind of begin to put ourselves into one of two categories. But do you know that Jesus actually has a verse for us in this? So Matthew chapter 9, here's, here's Jesus' verse for us in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10 through 12. It says, Matthew, this is a story of Jesus, Matthew um, invited, Matthew, by the way, was a tax collector, not the most popular people in those days, swindler, cheated a lot of people. Jesus invited him on his team. And, uh, and so Matthew says, hey, Jesus, why don't you come over to my house? You and all your disciples, you can come, come to my home. We're going to have a dinner. We're going to have a party. And uh, he says, and, and they came as dinner guests. Along with, though, how I many know the only people that Matthew really hung out with was other tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes? They just all hung out together because nobody else wanted to hang out with them. So he says, hey, Jesus, you come over. Bring all your disciples with you. Do you mind if I invite some of my friends? Jesus was like, yeah, let's do it. The more the merit. It's awesome. So it says, along with many tax collectors and other <laughs> disreputable sinners. I love how the New Living Translation puts that. Now look at the next verse. But when the Pharisees, so these are the, kind of the professional Christians of the day, the guys who know all of the Bible and the guys who teach the Bible, says when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples. I, I always find it funny that they, they don't ask Jesus. <laughs> they asked his disciples. Now watch this. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Y'all see the mentality here of, and when, watch how Jesus responds. Now watch this. I love this. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. So a couple things that I, that I get from this scripture. First off, how many of you know, you know God is in the place when sinners like to be around him. And the church should be filled with a bunch of people that are sick because Jesus always attracted people that were sick. We see this all throughout scriptures. And how many know that a church that doesn't have sinners in its church probably doesn't have Jesus in it either? And by the way, you also notice, though, that it was Jesus and his disciples. So, I, so I'll, I'll even put it this way. A church that doesn't have disciples in it is probably not preaching Jesus either. 
So you need sick people and you need disciples. You need people that, are, that, are, that, that need Jesus. You need people that are growing in Jesus. You see this. It takes disciples to do that. Um, but the Pharisees, they were the spiritually mature one. They were the ones who thought they were not sick people. And I've always kind of heard it in, in this verse in a couple different ways. Like, you know, Jesus is sitting at a table and the Pharisees are at the table too. And, and that Jesus, in a sense, is going, you see, you guys are the healthy people. It's not you guys as the healthy people. These sick people need that. I always kind of thought it that way, but I don't think it's that way anymore. I think what he actually was doing is, I think he was pointing at all the sinners and tax collectors and see, see all these healthy people, they don't need a doctor. You sick people need a doctor. You're the ones that need a doctor because I believe the most dangerous people in the church are not those who are sick and know they're sick, but those who are sick and don't think they're sick. Y'all know that? It's not people who are sick. All the tax collectors and the sinners and the irreputable sinners, all these guys, they knew they were sick, so I don't think they were sick. They, they knew it. They were sick, but they acknowledged their sickness. But these guys did not think that they were sick, and actually they were more sick than the other sick people. Y'all with me here? It's a lot of sickness going around. It's very contagious. When you think about it, who are the sickest people in the room? Well, of course, it's the Pharisees. Why? Because think about this. This is crazy. Who crucified Jesus? The Pharisees crucified Jesus. It wasn't the tax collectors. It wasn't the sinners. And they were so sick in their thinking. They thought by killing Jesus, they were doing a favor for God. How sick is that? And yet God has called us as a church, much like a hospital, to exist for sick people. And I believe, I believe that sickness begins when we think we're always right. We don't need to grow. I, I got it all together. And so we exist for sick people. Here's number two. Hospitals focus on treatment, not judgment. So when I broke my butt and Lindsay, Lindsay got me on a gurney and they wheeled me into that ER you know, room and the nurse came in and the nurse is like, so could you please explain what happened? And I'm like, I really don't want to. Um, and so I explained to her what happened. She did not then proceed to give me a lecture on, you know, you probably shouldn't be picking up branches, and you know, if they're rotten, you should probably shouldn't do that. You know, she, she didn't do any of that. You know what she did? Where does it hurt? Well, I can tell you where it hurts. <laughs> okay, let me, and she began to treat me, not judge me. She began to make sure that whatever I needed, that she got me the help that I needed. And regardless of why I was in pain, she treated it and helped me. How many know sometimes we want people to come in church and we want to tell them why they're hurting before we help them from the hurt? Come on, y'all with me here? As a, as a hospital, when you walk into the hospital, now listen, by the way, when you're probably on your way out, they might, might give, hey, these are some things you might need to do, you know, or don't do. But it's not gonna be the first thing when you walk in. It's gonna be, what's going on? Let's triage the situation. Let's get you some help. Let's, let's get you in the right place. Let's get you moving on. It's not gonna be, you shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done this. I know I shouldn't have done that. How many know when sick people come in here, when people that are far from God and you tell them you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that, how many know they already know they shouldn't be? Man, you know, you're far from God. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm in here. <laughs> hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be saying those things. And you shouldn't be, I know. But can you help me? I'm here for some help. And when people walk into the place, you know, and we, I've had people come up to me before, man, you know, man, you know where I saw them this week? No, I don't know where I saw them. Where'd you see them? Man, I saw them at the bar and I saw them here, man. Can you believe they're here in church? I'm like, praise God. 
awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad. Where else would we want them to be? We want them here. And so before we do anything like a hospital, we're going to treat, not judge. We're going to help. We're going to be there. Number three, hospitals restore to full health. Hospitals restore to full health. Now, so the Bible says if you're sick, you know, Jesus came for sick people, that, that if you are healthy, you don't need a doctor, but if you're sick, you need a doctor. And so for those in here that feel like I'm not sick, I I'm, I'm feel like I'm fully healthy, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something that probably no pastor would tell you. And that is if you are fully healthy, you don't have to come to church. You get a, you get a skip church pass. And you can go by our, we'll, we'll write it on a little ticket for you, you know, and you can fly by our church and wave it out the door. I got my little church pass. I don't have to be there. If you pass this one test, one scripture, ready? Here's our scripture. But as he who called you, this is speaking of Jesus, is holy, as God is holy, you also be, what's that word? Say it, say it again. Holy. In all your conduct. conduct, all right? Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So if, if you are holy, this word holy literally means to be whole. Nothing is broken. Nothing is, that everything is whole. And if you are whole in all of your conduct, so that means in your word, your, your actions, your attitudes, your thoughts, if you are pure and whole in all of these, then you are holy. How many know our desire is to become more and more like Jesus every time, every day? Every day, we want to be more and more like Jesus. We want to be uh, Jesus followers, and if wholeness means whole, means that you are in all your conduct. How many in here thought something, did something, said something this week that you probably shouldn't have said? Anybody in here? Okay. All right, you're sick. Right? Okay, so if my liver is not whole, if it's not whole, it's sick. Right? Right? I just want to make sure. I just want to, let's get real basic. If it's not whole, if it's not functioning at 100%, it's sick, right? It's sick. It's sick. And, and so it's the same for us that any part of our life that is not whole is sick and it needs Jesus. And so we want to be like a hospital, helping people restore to full health. So, you know, uh, I'll talk about it this week in our desire, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Finding freedom for us is a thing where we want to help you and us, all of us, make sure that we settle all of our yesterdays and we get whole in our life, in our soul, in our thoughts, in our marriages. We want freedom in all areas of your life. Because how many know if you're still hanging on to your past, you're not going to be whole? Okay, so we want to see freedom in all those things, which I'm so excited if you haven't heard already. So last year we launched Freedom kind of quietly with some of our leadership team. We did one, we did one group last year. Um, this Sunday we'll launch Freedom for our entire church. And we, we've gone from one group to 25 groups this fall. So awesome. So, so if you... I, I would challenge you at, at some point in your journey here at OSC to jump into a freedom group. I'm so excited. We already have 157 people already registered for freedom already, already. Powerful. We got about, we got about 20 more spots. 
That's it. So I'm just telling everybody in here at first Wednesday, you can go up to the guest services and tell them, hey, listen, I want to get in because as soon as they fill up, it fills up and it, that's just what it'll be. Um, but I want to encourage you to do that because we want to see you restored to full health. That's what a hospital does, right? You're not released until they feel like you're healthy enough to go. So the same for us. We want to do that. Now, with that being said, there are expectations that we have when we go into a hospital, just like we do when we go into any other place. There's expectations that you and I have, um, and, and you go into a hospital with certain expectations, sets of expectations. And, and the sad thing is, is that there are expectations that people will put on the church that they don't put on anything else anywhere else. So here's my deal. If we're going to put expectations on the hospital of certain things that we request, I'm going to ask that the same expectations we put on the hospital, we should apply that to the church as well. But I'm going to show you where we have some faulty expectations when it comes to a hospital, I mean to a church, but I'm going to show you how we view it in the hospital. So let me give you a couple. Let me give you the first one, all right? So the first one, uh, expectation that we have with the hospital. Let me give you the first one. So uh, uh, expectation first is that I'm going to go to them, okay? Broke my butt, get me to the hospital, all right? I got to get there. I did not break my butt and then expect that somebody from the hospital was going to call me, which is actually how we view the church, though, is I hope they come to me. Is that, is that, is that not the truth? That, that I, I can't tell you how many times people say, I was in the hospital for two weeks. And here's the question. Did anybody know? Well, no. Did you call anybody? No. Then how was I supposed to know? <laughs> Think like, I, do I like troll Facebook to try to make sure that every person, what they're doing, and y'all think we got like people in the back like, hey, we got an emergency, let's get on. We don't do that. We only know if you tell us. And yet the expectation oftentimes is people can get upset because the church didn't help, but our expectation when it comes to the hospital is they're not going to help unless you reach out. Y'all with me here? Y'all with me? Okay. Here's, here's, here's the second one. Hospital is you participate, and in a church, you spectate. Hospital, you participate. In church, you spectate. You know, if you hear somebody, well, that hospital, they don't work. That doctor don't work. Okay, okay, well, let's, let's, let's. Did you meet with a doctor? Yes. Did the doctor say that you needed to take a certain prescription? Did he prescribe something? Yes. Did you take it? No. Okay. Why not? I just didn't feel like I needed to take it. Well, that might be why it didn't work. I, I, I read a statistic that said, listen to this, this is crazy. 125,000 people with treatable ailments die each year simply because they don't take the prescribed medication. 125,000 people die every year because they are hardheads. And I mean, no. I mean, you know, the same way is with the church. So within the hospital, we know that when I go to the hospital and the hospital gives me a prescription and they tell me, hey, you need to do this or hey, you need to, you need to take it easy. And you go, ah, I know what's better. And then you're there two days later because you don't. But oftentimes in the church we come and, 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 and how many know you're, you're, getting, you're getting a prescription every single Sunday? Y'all with me? Getting a little, little, little dose of James, little dose of Philippians. You just need the whole book, okay? You need the whole thing, whole thing. And, and, and the, the truth is, is that you get this and you hear this and you get a prescription of if you want to have a great marriage, this is the starting place. And if you want a relationship with God, this is where you can go. And then you ask people like, ah, I, I, that church, they don't work. 
Well, did you do what they said to do? Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, need, I don't need all that. Well, then that might be why it's not working. How many of you know that, that this is a, a medicine for our soul? As we're doing this, we've got a place to participate. We've got to part- we can't just spectate. We've got to participate. I can tell you right now, the people that are stuck in their relationship with God right now are people that are not connected, that have not taken next step, that are not in a life group, that are not getting plugged in, that are, don't have people around them. I can guarantee it. They're not in the Word. They're not, they're not participating with God. And how many of you know you've got to participate with God? God speaks, you obey. God speaks, you obey. And what happens is you grow, and you grow, and you grow. But if you say... God speaks and you don't obey, you will be stuck. Anybody in here been stuck for a long time? Stuck in a rut, stuck in the same place, stuck going on. And that doctor can sit there all day long and say, hey, you need to do this, take two of these, stay off of this. But if you don't listen, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Let me give you another one. Hospital expectation is I go into the hospital for them to help me. I I need some help. But the church, though, we can often go into the church with, I think they're going to hurt me. I think they're going to hurt me. How many know when, we get in, when you dive into God's word, it begins to start exposing parts of your heart? It starts exposing parts of your life. It starts exposing your thoughts. It starts exposing the areas of weakness. You know, when a, when a doctor, y'all ever had a doctor push on an area? Like, yeah, I'm kind of hurting. And he's like, how about this right here? He's like, don't do that again. I'll punch you. You know, and he's kind of pushing around. He's, he's feeling around. Here's, here, listen to me. The doctor is feeling around not because he hurts you, because he loves you and wants to help you. How many, know the, how many know our chief physician, Jesus, will also push? He'll push around, and he'll start pushing and pushing and pushing. And you're like, ah, don't touch that again. Don't touch that again. And God's going, no, no, I, I'm doing that not to hurt you. I'm doing that because I care for you. Y'all with me here? And so as a hospital, we, we come in and we go, okay, they're going to help me. And hopefully we take their advice. But we come into the church and, and, and people start saying, hey, you need to watch this. Hey, this is an area that I think that you really need to ask God to help you in. We go, ah, no, I don't want to listen to that. Oh, you're just trying to hurt me. Oh, you're just trying to tell me what I can and can't do. No, we're not. How many of you know our greatest joy is to see you walk in your greatest joy? Our greatest joy is to see you have peace and life and hope, your marriage to be strengthened, your relationship with your kids to be great. I want you to see you make a difference. All right. Here's the last one. This is a hospital, has a team. You know that. You go in having expectation, knowing that there's going to be a team. But unfortunately, when people come into the church, the expectation is there's going to be a pastor. Right? So when Joel, our, our youngest, was in the hospitals all different times, and Pastor Bubba's been through this too with all of his physical bouts, is you go in there and, and there are a litany of people. So I'm not just seeing a doctor. I'm going to go in, then I'm going to have a nurse, and then that nurse is going to do all this stuff, and then they're gonna be, there's going to be the doctor that comes in, and then there's going to be a nutritionist that comes in, and then there may be a surgeon that comes in, there may be a receptionist that comes in and has to do paperwork, and there's going to there's gonna be all these different people Joel's got a home health nurse that comes to our house every week. He's got a pediatrician here in Jennings. He's got a specialist in Colorado. He just went and got an echo today in Lake Charles at a, a pediatric cardiologist. He's got, he's got a team of people that are helping him stay healthy and good. And yet the expectation oftentimes in a church is that's what the pastor's supposed to do. But how many of you know God hasn't just called just the pastor, God has put a team of people around you to help you be all that God's called you to be. 
Which, by the way, if you're depending on me and Pastor Bubba to do it all for you, we will disappoint you. I promise you. There's just no way that we can do that. But if we got an incredible team, I call them the dream team. <laughs> then I believe we can help people get healthy. Let me show you how the Bible says this and then we're done. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 13 says this. Now these are the gifts. Remember we talked about how God gives us gifts? So the Bible says that God gives us spiritual gifts, but he also gives us gifts in people. It says God gives us the gifts Christ gave to the church. Here's the gifts that God has given to our church. He's given apostles, and he's given prophets, and he's given evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. And their responsibility, here's Pastor Bubba, and Miss Tracy, and Lindsay, and Mice, our elders. Here's our role. Here's our job. Our job, our responsibility is to equip God's people. Who's that? Who is that? Yes. You. Our job is to equip God's people to do what? To do his work. And to what? Build up the church. <laughs> we, were, we were trailing there a little bit. All right. To build up. Okay, let's stop. Who's the church? So, y'all tracking here? So God's people. Okay, all right. Is going to do the work and help build up. Let's try it again. All right. God's people who is us are going to do the work to help build up. My job's done. I mean, that's all. I mean, that's your job. Your job is to minister to one another. And our job as pastors is to train you how to do it. To train you how to love people, how to care for people. So this Sunday, we'll launch over 40 life groups, well over 40 life groups, and it's, come on, it's awesome. Here's why. Because we realize that for every person in our church to get pastorally cared for and loved and nourished and, and to have someone sit down and cry with them and, and encourage them and help them and walk with them, it can't be just us, it's got to be us. Y'all with me here? It's got to be everybody, caring for everybody. You look at somebody on your row and they're crying, you don't go, hey, let's go talk to Pastor Josh. You go, no, what can I do for you? Can I pray for you? Because how many of you know the same spirit of God that's on me is on you? And God has anointed you and he's anointed me and he's anointed us to be the body, to encourage the body, to help the body grow. This is why we have life groups, because I don't believe that anybody should ever walk through pain alone. And if you're broken and hurting, God has blessed this earth with the solution to broken, hurting people, and that is the church. That's not just our Savior's church. That's every church in this region and every church on this earth was created to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to broken people. And that's what you are. And you have that role and responsibility. And when you come on here and on Sundays, that you're looking around for broken and hurting people, lonely people, lost people, and you're introducing yourself to them, and you're trying to help them get connected into the body. Because how I many know when they're connected to the body, they're going to grow? They're going to grow. We want to be a hospital of hope. That when broken, hurting people walk into this place, they will experience Jesus, and they'll experience you. And when they experience those two things, their life will never be the same. So we want to be that hospital that gives hope to the broken. 
People come in with their marriages all wrecked up. That's fine. You're not going to get judgment. You're going to get treatment. We're going to walk with you. We're going to get you in a freedom class. Your finances are all jacked up. You're in debt. That's all right. We're going to get you in a financial class. We're going to get your finances healthy. Your kids are all messed up. That's all right. We'll spank them for you. No, I'm joking. Don't clap for that. Don't clap for that. Don't clap for that. <laughs> we ain't doing that. I promise you that right now. <clears throat> but we're going to love them. We're going to invest in them. We're going to invest in you because we love you. And this is what our church does. And this is what you do so well. 